Welcome to the sermon podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. Last week we talked about the calling. The calling that uh, a person like Patrick would have on his life and me on my life. This letter that we're reading is 2 Timothy is a letter from Paul to Timothy. And it very much fits in line with with the things that I would want to say to Patrick. That's why I'm preaching it. But that calling is not on just the life of like Patrick and myself. It's a calling that all of us have as Christians to follow Jesus Christ. That's what we talked about last, last week. We're called to follow Jesus Christ. And in calling him, we're, we're following him down a, a pathway that he's directing to accomplish his purposes to a place and a position, whatever he assigns us to do. So we talked about the calling. This Sunday, we're going to talk about the people. The people. They're trying to reach people in their church. All right? Right now, they have just a few. You know, we have people in our church. I wanted uh, Patrick to know, just like Paul wanted to Timothy to know, there's different types of people. You need to be aware of who they are. And uh, so I want to challenge you this morning what kind of people you are, kind of person you are, in regards to the church. And I want to challenge Patrick and his crew of what kind of people will they be looking for and to recognize who they are. All right? So in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and 15, he describes some people. He mentions some people's names. And unfortunately, they're really hard to pronounce people's names, okay? But here goes, verse 15. He says, You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. So it described right there, he says, like, I want to, I'm Timothy, you know, these two guys, they deserted me. And here's a guy who helped me. There are different kinds of people in the church. So I, I want to introduce you to some, and I want to tell Patrick about some of those people, okay? So we're going to start with the negative ones, okay? And the first group... I'm going to call reprobates. I'm calling that because I like that word, okay? Uh, it's a good word. It's really found in the King James. Probably nobody, are, uh, nobody in here is carrying around your King James Version, your Bible, the old version. But if you are, in 2 Timothy 3, uh, in verse 8, it, it talks about these two guys who it says withstood Moses. They resisted Moses. They fought against Moses. It says they resisted the truth called the men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. Being resistant to the truth. So, guys, I just want you to know what happens to us is that God, we often say this, this is one of our foundational statements, He loves you just the way you are. We say that all the time. It's important to know. You don't, there's nothing that you have to do to then make God love you. He loves you just the way you are. You don't have to change. You don't have to do anything for him to love you. He loves you. But 
Our second part of that is, but he loves you enough. He loves you so much that he's not going to leave you the way you are. He wants to help you grow to become better, to follow him. And, and that involves change. He wants to transform your life, change your life for the good because he loves you. All right? So as he's doing that, you need to know, know something. All change is painful. It's all painful. Change involves loss. To change, you have to lose something and gain something. You leave this, you go to this. That's what change is. So as God is working on us in our lives, he, he will present things to us to change, right? Now, if he presents something to you and you're desperately wanting to change it, you're thankful. Oh, good, we're finally going to change this. We're, we're going to make this better. Thank goodness, right? However... What you and I need to know is sometimes God presents something to us to change. We don't want to change. We're resistant to the change. I don't want to do that. I want to stay this way. That seems uncomfortable to me. I don't like that, right? That's what change is. So the problem is that if I'm going to follow God, if I'm going to follow Jesus Christ and I'm going to go his path, there are going to be times when he confronts us with something to change and to change it, it's, any change is painful, but it's more painful when we don't want to do it. And so it's easy for you and I to walk through life, and change, and we change, and we change, and then we hit something, we don't want to do it. And we get a little hard-headed, we dig down, and we resist God. We resist Him. We don't want it. Oh, they t we hear the truth, and thank God that he gives us a standard of truth that's outside of ourselves, right? He gives us truth that's outside of ourselves. It's not how I feel. It's the truth. And he gives us that truth, and sometimes I don't want to hear it. You ever feel like that? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that, you know? I don't want to know what that is. I don't want to deal with that, right? We become comfortable with what things are, and then God comes along and goes, hey, um, we're going to work on this. We're going to change this. And now I, I have the pain of that, and I can resist it. We can become so resistant to it that we become like these two guys who are now, as he's telling Timothy, because Timothy studied Scripture, he knows about what happened with Moses, and he goes, remember these two guys? They're resisting the truth. They are fighting against it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear where you're... And they, they were fighting against his leadership. I want Patrick to know. There will be people who will come into Village Church and they may at first go like, hey, this is great. And then they will resist his leadership. They will resist the truth. Paul wrote to another preacher named Titus, and in Titus chapter 1, he said some people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They claim to be religious, but they're not. But I'm going to go back to Timothy, and in 2 Timothy, right back to chapter 3, where it mentions Janus and Jambres, before that, in verse 2, I want you to listen to this description. He's talking about people in the world. Do you all ever feel like the world is like, 
you know, golly, the world we live in, right? You ever feel that way? Listen to Paul's description of their world. He says, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. All right, I'm going to stop right there. This is, this is an encouraging letter, but I know in this part it doesn't sound right. Not like it, right? He's going like, things are rough around you, okay? But he says, I want to tell you about one other group of people, and that's this last line. He said, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that, will, that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. He said, there are people who they are religious. And religious means they're involved in religious activities. They're going to church. But somewhere along the line, they begin to resist the truth and resist change. They don't want to do that. And so they become resistant to it. So that although they are religious, they are denying the power of God in their lives to transform their life and change their life. And so they dug down and went, no, God, I'm fine. I'm going to be moral. I'll be upright. I'll do this. But I'm not doing that. And they dig in and they resist the truth. And he's telling Timothy, you better watch out for those. They're not going to listen. They won't be led. They won't follow God. Now, why am I telling you this? Well, I'm telling him, watch out for them. I'm telling you. You better, you better check yourself. You better look at your life. Because it's very easy for us to shift from being followers of God who is transforming our lives and changing our lives. And may, you probably started out with God that way and all of a sudden you've dug in your heels and you're resistant to the power of God. The power of God is not real in your life. You're just religious. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be that person. Second group of people. The rebukers. Well, who are the rebukers? Now, I just, I just want to say that, that do y'all remember Wayne Polk who served in our church? I don't know why that picture reminds me of him. That's probably bad, but it does. Can you see it? Do you see it? Wow. That's tough right there, you know. Lisa went, should we still leave it? I said, just leave it. It'll be okay. We'll get past it. Okay. A rebuker. Let me remind you of some scripture. I'm going to share with you some scripture from Mark. They were bringing little children to Jesus. And the disciples themselves pushed them away, and it says they rebuked them. It's like they're getting on to them. They're telling them, like, no, we don't want you here. Get away. In Mark chapter 10, a little bit later, there's a, another story. that Jesus is going into Jericho. There's a big crowd. There's a blind man named Bartimaeus. He's sitting beside the road. He, he hears that the person passing by is Jesus of Nazareth, so he yells out, 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's yelling. Go to the next verse. Many rebuked him, told him to be quiet. Didn't matter. He shouted all the more. Jesus healed him. Okay. But people were going, shh, leave Jesus alone. You know, you're bothering everybody. I'll skip forward to Mark chapter 14. There was a lady. She had a really sordid past. She comes into where Jesus is. He had forgiven her. She broke this valuable perfume and poured it over his feet. And in verse 4, it says, Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another why this waste of perfume, it could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. So, you notice, I can go to all these passages and there are people who are rebukers. They're, they're not pulling people to Jesus, they're pushing people away from Jesus. And I would say to Patrick, watch out for those people. Now, I, I don't even mean, I don't even think they're not well-meaning, I just think they've forgotten the mission. See, if the mission is for you and I, who are followers of Jesus, to come in and be comfortable and enjoy ourselves and hear some good music and hear a good message and, you know, have some coffee or get a Coke and, you know, see each other and say, hey, and go our way, then I will tell you that a bunch of little kids who are little heathens who don't know how to act and they're running around, they're going to cause a problem. We don't want them here. Or this blind dude who's yelling out because he wants Jesus, he's disrupting the, our whatever. Or this lady, if you want to call her a lady, is coming in and doing something, you know. And so they rebuke those. They push them away. But I think that happens when people forget the mission. Now, fortunately, I will say typically, in a brand new church, that doesn't happen. They're usually like, they, need, they want people, they're trying to get people to come, and so they tend to have arms wide open. Come on, come on, one and all. But I'm just going to tell you, churches that get established and have been there for a while, that's why it needs to be, beware, because it begins to happen, you can become rebukers. And somebody walks in, and they don't look, you know, like they've been in church or no ch or whatever. And church people, church people themselves, will go, you know, give them that look or make them feel whatever. That's easy to happen. It's even easier because a lot of times a person may be in a situation where they're coming in and maybe they already feel, you know, kind of like, oh, I don't know if I should be here, you know, kind of thing. Now, some people are desperate enough like the blind man. They don't care right? They're just whatever, right? But my goodness, people, do we know why we're here? Do we know why Jesus came? He came to seek and to save the lost. And those of us who were once lost and now graciously, mercifully saved gather to worship Him and to study and learn so we can grow, so we can better at following Him. And we want to be on mission with him to seek and to save those who are lost so they know. And so, really, this is, 
the mindset of a follower of Christ. Come on. Come on. Be a part. Join in. This is a really interesting thing. So I told y'all a couple weeks ago I was been trying to learn to play disc golf, you know, so I can, you know, play with, maybe even beat. I'm never going to do it. But anyway, uh, my future son-in-law. So I've, I've been watching some YouTube videos and stuff. That's how you learn to do anything these days, right? So I'm watching these YouTube videos. And I heard a girl yesterday, and this is, and she was being interviewed, and she's a professional disc golfer. I don't know if you knew that existed. It does. Okay, so... And this is what she said. She said, I miss the days when disc golf was early in its infancy and it was this thing that was really open and it didn't matter. You just invited anybody and whoever showed up, didn't matter if they were 80 or if they were 8, didn't matter. You just wanted them to enjoy the game that you loved. And now I'm afraid that there's, you know, that we've lost that and now we look at each other and go, I'm a 980 rated player. You, uh, what are you rated? And I want to play with someone who's not rated high enough to play with them. She said that. And I'm looking at my message and I'm going, oh, rebukers. The church should always be those people that go, it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter your circumstances. Jesus loves you just the way you are. Because you will do that if you remember that Jesus loved you just the way you are. Who do you think you are? And So watch out for the rebukers. They don't see grace. They don't see mercy. They don't see redemption. They don't see compassion. They start getting very pharisaical. And here are the rules. And who are you? And why are you messing up my thing? Right? So, I love this verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 It says, Brothers and sisters, we, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Listen to this. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak and be patient with everyone. Encourage those who are timid. Encourage them. They're not sure. Give them courage. You can do it. You can follow Jesus. I don't know if I can. People, you can. Sorry about the mic. You know, I, I told somebody that Here's my, I'm going to tell, they're sitting in here, okay? It's like, I don't know if I can pass that exam. And I'm like, I can point you to some people and it will encourage you, right? Because if they can pass it, I'm quite sure you can, okay? They just need encouragement, right? Take tender care of those who are weak. Some people are struggling. They are struggling. Sometimes you will be. But if you're in a position of strength, you're not there to push away the weak. God has put you in a position of strength to help the weak. And be patient with, dog, I hate it when he says stuff like this, with everyone. Be patient with everyone. Now, I don't want to skip over this. He's not just saying, like, uh, just put up with anything. Don't, don't 
hold anybody accountable because look at the first sentence. We urge you to warn those who are lazy. You see that? That's holding somebody accountable. Specifically those who are lazy, which brings me to the third person. I'm going to call them resters, okay? Only because I'm trying to make everything be an R, okay? But what we really call them in our church is there are people who are consumers and they're not contributors. They're consumers, not contributors. So I want you to think of this in your family, okay? You have a baby. There's a baby. That baby is straight up just a consumer, right? Feed me, clothe me, change my diaper, and I cry and get upset when you're not doing things the way I want them done, right? But then that little baby begins to grow. And as they grow, they start reaching points where you expect them to transition in your family. You expect them to transition to not just being a consumer, but to contribute. It starts with even just little selfish things. But like, you don't expect them to just leave their clothes laying in the floor. You expect them to put them somewhere. You expect, I bet you expect this in your family. Do you expect, it doesn't matter who it is, if they're over a certain age and you take the last paper off the toilet roll, have the decency to replace the toilet roll. An eight-year-old can do that, right? And it goes on and on, whatever it is. And as they get older and older, there came a point where I expected my 17-year-old son to cut the grass and weed eat the yard. You're not here to just me serve you. Who do you think you are? You're growing. You have to learn to be a contributor, right? Y'all all with me. Now, I don't know what the ages are. I don't know. I, you know, it's different for different people as they go along. I can guarantee you this. If there's a 28-year-old living in your house, you expect them to contribute a lot. If they are just sitting in your house and they never wash a dish, they never wash clothes, they don't take care of anything, they just throw stuff everywhere, I'm going to tell you, that's disturbing, isn't it? That's bothersome. What in the world, right? The same thing exists in church. It exists in church. So he tells them there's a shift that needs to take place. I understand when you, Patrick, when you open the door, everybody who comes in new a whole lot of them are going to be unchurched, unsaved. They don't know. Or they're brand new Christians. They, haven't, they don't quite know. But at some point on the journey of following Jesus and growing with Christ, a person who's following Jesus Christ cannot continue on the pathway of just self-serving. That I'm here, and I come in, and I sit in the pew, and I got my coffee, and thank you, and I sit here comfortable, and I listen, and then I leave. And I don't contribute anything. That, that, that doesn't. That's not what is supposed to happen. The writer of Hebrews, in, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, says, as he's writing to this group of people, he says, you've been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others instead 
You need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. He says, that's not the way it's supposed to be. I don't understand. If you're growing, you ought to be growing. And at some point, you shift into being a teacher, into being a giver, into being a servant. You're not just showing up and eating the Wednesday night meal and like sitting there and having the Bible study. No, you're like washing the dishes or you're greeting people or you're running the soundboard or you're holding the door open for people. You're doing something, right? Everybody. Because this isn't a business, this is a church. And we're all contributing to the well-being of others. In fact, what the Bible teaches is that the gift that God's given you. Remember last week we talked about fanning into flame. You have the resources you need. He said that he gives you those resources for the edification or the building up of the body of Christ. What he's given to you in your talent, skill, motivation in your heart is to make an impact on the body of Christ. So a shift has to take place. And then I warn you, Patrick, if they don't shift, something bad starts happening. A person can't just stay a neutral consumer. They won't do it. I can prove it. You take that kid in your home, you let them get however old, 17, 21, 20, whatever, and they're not contributing. They're just consuming. Guess what they start doing? They start complaining. They start complaining. <laughs> Mom, there are no chips in the house. Are these the only chips we have? Why don't we have this? We're eating this again? Uh, the Wi-Fi won't work. Any of that sound familiar? You know what I'm talking about? They complain. Why don't we do it like this? Why don't we buy better coffee? Oh, just it was unreal. When they got in their... You know, and we got COVID, and a couple of them had to move back home for a little while. And then they're telling us, they're telling me and Perlene how we should be running our house. You know what I'm saying? Like, as you're serving me, why don't you serve me this? I'm like, why don't you go buy it and serve yourself? And while you're fixing that, fix me some. I heard a little story the other day, and there was a husband and wife, and they were sitting in the living room, and they were watching TV, and he had, his phone was on the kitchen in the island, and he heard his phone ding, you know, he had a text, so he got up, and he goes up in the kitchen, he picks it up, and it was a message from his wife, and it says, while you're up, would you bring me a drink? <laughs> you can try that, try that. So what happens is, he wrote to Timothy back in 1 Timothy chapter 5. He says, besides what happens is then they get into the habit of being idle. They're not doing anything. And so then they go from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but they also gossip and busybodies saying things they're not. So they start complaining and they start causing problems because a consumer only and not a contributor, that's what they do. Don't be a consumer only. There are people in every church that they've long passed the time where they entered in and began to grow, and now they're just still cons just being a consumer. No, you ought to pass that by. And you ought to become what Onesiphorus is. He calls him a refresher. 
a refresher. So what's a refresher? There are different ways you can refresh, and I want to share them with you, okay? So you could become a refresher just by your presence. Sometimes showing up to something just matters. There's a verse in Acts 28, verse 15, where Paul says, I was on this journey and these guys showed up, and I was so encouraged when they showed up. So I'm not talking about just showing up to church. Like there's a project, there's an event, you're trying to do something, and there's somebody who just shows up to help, and it's just awesome because they showed up to help you or in your time of grief or in a situation, and they show up, and they're there. Hey, I just came early. I wanted to see what, what, what I could do to help. Some by their pen. They write notes by their pen. They write notes. There's a, there's a passage in Acts 15 that talks about the church gathering together to read an encouraging message that gathered together to read this letter. And you're writing a note. You write a note. You text. You send a message. You know? You know? You, you DM somebody and you just say like, hey, I just want to tell you, thanks. Or you can do it. You know? Some by their purse, their pocketbook, their money. They give. And it funds the mission. So Paul was a missionary. Listen to what he says about the church in Philippi, the Philippians. He says, even so, you've done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on to Macedon from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. And, and he goes on to talk about this generous gift where they helped, like some do it by their, by their purse. Some do it by their verbal praise. It's not a letter. You say it. You tell them. It's like when uh, God told Moses, hey, commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him. Like telling, right? The encouragement of other people to, to help them on their way. Tell the person who holds the door open for you or made the call for you or is in your small group or something. Tell them what it means to you. It means it helps so much for them to do that and then to know that it actually makes a difference. And then finally, some by their practical help. By their practical help. You recall Jesus saying this? It's in Matthew 25. Let me read it to you. He says, For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And then these righteous ones, he said, will reply and say, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? Or, and did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And so for some of us, it, it's just practical help. It is. Holding a baby in the nursery, it's holding a door open for somebody. It's washing some dishes so people can come straight from work and eat a meal here at church so they can be in Bible study on Wednesday night and bring their kids to the, you know, it's that kind of stuff. 
So I just want to encourage you. I mean, you want to be a refresher. That word, it's got a cool meaning. It means it's really hot outside and a, and a cool breeze blows. Y'all know what that means, right? And he said, Onesiphorus is a refresher. Under the heat and pressure of life, that's a person who blows a cool breeze into my life. Oh, how we need refreshers. So who are you? I'm telling Patrick who to look for and what to watch out for. But who are you? Don't be a resistor. Don't resist the truth. Chase after the truth. Say, Lord, if you want to change me, change me. I want to follow your leadership. Don't be a rebuker. No, draw people to the Lord. Don't push them away. Oh my goodness, don't be a rester. Don't be a consumer only. Be a contributor. Participate. Make a difference for the kingdom of God. No, be a refresher. Be somebody who, I'll just make it practical. When I see you walk up, you should want me to feel, oh, thank God they're here. I'm so glad they're here. Not from the perspective of, I'm glad you're here because you, whew, thank God they're here. They need to be here. <laughs> no, thank God they're here because they're here to help. They're here to make a difference. Thank God they're here. They're going to teach a class. They're going to they're gonna play the guitar. They're going to do whatever. Like, thank God they're here because, because they're here. We're going to reach people for Christ. We are. Thank God you're here. You're bringing somebody with you who needs the Lord. Like, are you a refresher? That's my prayer for you today. Would you bow with me as we pray? Dear Lord, thank you so much for who you are. That you reached out to me in my lostness. Let me never forget. Here we are at the beginning of something new, a new church. There's some of us here, we've been in church a long time. And this church has been here a long time. But we need a refresher course ourselves in being refreshers of Lord what it means to be excited to pour our all into seeking and to saving the lost in Jesus name we pray Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.